Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Wendy Lipton Dibner. Wendy is the world's leading authority on business acceleration and through impact strategy and ethical influence. President and CEO of Professional Impact Inc., Wendy is a five-time best-selling author and internationally recognized business strategist named by Inc. Online as Your Path to Profitable Success. Wendy has built 10 successful businesses of her own and delivered professional development programs for fortune, healthcare, small business, and nonprofit organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Wendy. I'm so delighted to have you here and to have this conversation. Oh, Ursula, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally get the two of us together on one call. Yeah, and you have a focus on impact, and I am so interested to hear how this has all evolved and and how many businesses you've created that are centered around that. If, If you could share that with us, I think people would be really fascinated to hear. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So as you know, professional impact is actually my 10th business. Uh, So to really understand the the journey to get here and what it all involved, we sort of have to take a quick trip backwards um, to when I was actually where you are, which is in North Carolina. So I opened up my first business as a result of having been recruited out of graduate school. I was a social researcher at the time, and I got recruited out to direct a massive organizational research study in social research and healthcare. So we both share that sort of medical research background. This particular study was evaluating a hospital, and the study caught the attention of the United States Senate. So we were invited to present the results at the Senate. And as director, of course, I had to go. Wow. Um, And I'm preparing my presentation. That's quite a beginning to a career. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I'm 21 and and basically more worried about how I look and who I'm dating than anything else (laughs) at the time. But this, this really sort of put it all in perspective in terms of how important what we were doing really was. And it was so exciting. And the moment they announced this, Um, six attorneys that represented the hospital flooded into my office to keep an eye on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So just before my presentation, they just kept changing everything I had written, making little tweaks and edits um, that ultimately changed the tone of the report. The facts were still the facts. But as we know, if you torture the data enough, they confess to anything, right? So <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it, I got uncomfortable. I, you know, at, at a very early age, I discovered how important ethics were to me, and I had never thought of it even before then, right? So by the time I got to Washington, I was in a constant state of panic. Um, do I do what they want? Do I stick to what I believe is true? Um, how do I keep my job? You know, all of this was happening at once. And in the middle of the 
Senate building, I had a panic attack mm-hmm. and ran into the ladies' room and I was super sick. Um, but I got myself together and I went back in. And when I stood up to read the report, I looked and saw that it wasn't even the most recent version. It was it was another version that was heavily edited. And again, it wasn't a lie. It just wasn't something I could read. So I stood there and I held the report in my hands, but I didn't read it. I just reported the data that I knew better than anyone else, right? So ultimately our research helped the senators make a huge decision that has since impacted millions of lives. But on that day, it was very scary. And that was the day that everything shifted in my life. It was the day that I discovered that one woman or man can make a massive social impact if we just stick to our ethics and lead the right team and follow the journey of impact. Um, So I also discovered that day that I really wasn't cut out to be an employee. Um, I can really do that. Yeah, yeah. It's like we need to be able to do it our way. We 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 have our own ethics. We have our own methods. Um, so I quit my job um, at the university. I then went into a bank, borrowed fifty thousand um, dollars. This was in nineteen eighty three, so that would be a whole lot more money now. And I opened what I called a social laboratory to prove that if we stop thinking about money all the time and just focus on making an impact, that a business could actually make more money by keeping our eyes on the impact and off of the money. Um, For the first six months, we basically sat there empty. I had no idea how to run a business. Everything was based on what science said should happen as opposed to what businesses do. But within six months, we started to break industry records. And pretty soon we were breaking all industry sales and retail for that industry. I ended up exiting in three years at 60x returns. I sold it to um, my employees, and then I just went on. I ended up opening eight more retail or service businesses. I consulted for small businesses in that area in the beginning, and then ultimately for more than 3,000 Fortune healthcare, small business, nonprofit organizations, you know, specializing in this rapid growth focus on impact model where no matter what the product or service, the idea was to follow the strategies that led every single person in the business to focus entirely on how do we make a measurable impact in people's lives today. Uh, That ultimately became the strategic system that Forbes calls the secret to success in business. Um, But at the time, it was just me making stuff up based on what science <laughs> said should happen. So that's how it all began. Wow. Well, I'm struck by two things. One is just how parallel our thinking has been, even though, as I shared with you before the call, I wasn't aware of you until someone said, you should talk to Wendy Lipton Dibner for your podcast. And I uh, I started looking into the work you're doing. So it just goes to show that a, a, a really an idea that um, has its time really comes to the surface in so many different ways, which is great. And you've you've demonstrated that. You have actual data that shows that this approach works through the multiple exactly. businesses you've created. Yeah. And exactly. and there's also the I'm sure you're aware of the whole conscious capitalism movement. You're really a, were a pioneer in a way in all of that as that concept was evolving in the minds of the consultants who 
coined that phrase. So I'm, uh, I'm really intrigued by your personal experience and your desire to, to really show that it can work. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. You know, it's so funny. Something about the word pioneer makes me want to go get my hair colored. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Let's call it a trendsetter. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. I like that one. Let's do that. Okay, <laughs> so why is this whole impact idea? I mean, what's, what's the big deal? You know, why? Cause you obviously developed um, expertise in creating businesses. You've had a series of them that have been successful. So what's stayed with you in that original idea that you had around impact that you find so compelling? So, yeah, that's a really great question. I, you know, um, I, a lot, uh, there, there are, there are strategies that we came up with, um, by we, I mean, my team and I, you know, figuring things out as we went along, um, back in the day that are still very powerful today. And then there are things that, that I've had to shift and change because, you know, as a sociologist, social psychologist, I'm constantly aware of culture and what's happening around us and what do we need to shift and change so that we can make a greater impact in the world. So, the, I think of everything, the thing that has stayed constant is that no matter which strategies we use, when we focus every single thing we do on making a measurable difference in people's lives, um, that's when the money becomes way bigger. There, there was a study that I did of, of 1,000 of my clients, um, and these were Fortune Healthcare, Entrepreneurial, and even a few nonprofits, um, where I went in and looked at how are they measuring success. And of course, most all of them were measuring it based on the number of people they reached and the amount of money. In other words, it was sales. It was return on investment. It was Excel sheets, um, even before Excel sheets existed, right? So it was all <laughs> about the numbers. Um, and when we did that, what I discovered is that the companies that focused most heavily on money ended up spending more money to make up for the mistakes they made because they were focused on money. They were too busy trying to save money, to cut back, to cut back on, on resources, uh, including people and quality materials and just anything they could do in order to compete in an ever-growing competitive marketplace. Um, they were focused on competition and beating the competition and everything around making money. As soon as we shifted that in mindset as well as in strategy, right, in real strategy and practical what do you do now kind of stuff, um, not only did they save money, but they ended up making way more money. It was it was exponential um, without exception in that thousand company group. Every single company increased revenues by at least 200 percent in less than 30 days and sustained it over time, mm. all by taking their eyes off of the money entirely and putting it on to impact. That is an extraordinary chunk of data because I, I know, I'm sure you're aware of that book, Firms of Endearment, which was a predecessor to that whole conscious capitalism thing. They talk about 12 to 14 times greater return by a focus on, on impact, on a greater mission for their company. So this is, I love the granularity of the data that you collected around number of people reached and, uh, and you know, the timing of less than 30 days still already seeing an, an effect of that. That's such valuable information. 
Thank you. And I am not aware of that book. So thank mm. you so much, because I will be soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a mix of publicly traded and privately held companies. And they really, uh, they, it does, the companies they looked at actually did better than the, the good to great companies from, um, gosh, I've forgotten the author's name, but there's a book called Good to Great. And uh, yes. yeah, their list of companies actually did not do as well as those who were studied um, as as having a greater impact, looking at the, the holistic impact on everyone connected with the company. So awesome. thank you. I will look that in. Yeah. So tell us, how is this different from, uh, say, does this necessarily apply to, are these all social enterprises? Or is it a bigger picture than that? Oh, it's way bigger. It's way bigger. Um, so my clients were everything from from brand name, you know, fortune companies that produce products like laundry detergent. I mean, <laughs> trucking, um, telephones, right? These aren't social enterprises. Uh, and that was what made this so interesting was that that regardless of the product, um, it's what led to the definition. Right. So my definition of impact is way broader than the typical use of the word. For me, <laughs> impact is the measurable difference we make in people's lives as the direct result of contact with us, our team, our message, our marketing, our products, and our services. And there is no distinction about what the product or the service is as long as you figure out what is the measurable difference you want to make in people's lives as a result of them using your product? So when you start to look at it that way, suddenly it makes you look at people differently and circumstances differently and everything shifts. I love that definition. That is so in alignment with how I've been thinking about it. So thank you for sharing that with such clarity. And Tell us what how you see your impact with that definition in mind that you you just stated. What's your impact on your your clients? And uh, you know we'll go more broad in a moment, but let's start there. Well, again, that's something that has never changed for me. Uh, my I had one goal, which was to make an impact on other people's lives, so they could turn around and make an impact on every life they touch. So when I was a little girl, um, I guess I was about 11. Um, where I've always had trouble figuring out if I was 10 or 11. Um, but I, I saw the movie Funny Girl and um, with Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. And there is a scene in the movie towards the end when she is on this boat and she's singing, you know, don't rain on my parade. And she's out there and she's just, you know, and all of a sudden I burst into tears and then I did this sort of out of body experience thing as a little kid and I'm watching myself crying and I'm thinking, how did she do that? I mean, how is it possible that this person that I don't know is standing on a boat and, and in a movie and singing and it's making me cry? And that fascinated me. And I thought <laughs> if somebody can move me that way and not even know me, could I do that too? And so I grew up wanting to be Barbara Streisand. That was always my goal. I wanted to sing. I wanted to be on stages. I wanted to perform so that I could move people to action the way she moved me. Mm. So that's really where it comes from. Wow. So that's quite a transition from uh, entertainment and show business to, you know, really this strong first focus on so social, well, social practice and social justice, really. Yeah. Um, to business. And yeah, it's quite the evolution. 
Yeah, it was really a bet. My, um, <laughs> I wanted to go to Broadway and my grandmother wanted me to go a more traditional route and my mother was caught between the two of us. So my grandmother bet me that um, if I would apply to graduate schools and get in, she would pay for that. But that if I didn't get in, she would pay for me to go to Broadway. Wow. And I was at a state school. And so I, I tried to trick her. I applied to all of these Ivy League schools, figuring, <laughs> you know, here I am, you know, in a state school, they'll never accept me. And Duke called my bluff. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, that's how I made the shift. But when I got there and I started to realize what we could do with social research and everything, I mean, I just fell in love. Hmm. Yeah, she was right. That's awesome. Well, and what an amazing uh, learning moment, too, of, wow, the world is, I mean, there's many ways that you can have impact. And yeah, I mean, she really got that. She did. Yeah. She really did. And yeah. so and plus, you know, I mean, I do these live events and I speak around the globe. And so for me, I'm on stage. I'm making an impact with my voice anyway. So it's mm. all good. That's great. So what impact do you think this is having in the larger world? I mean, what what is it? I mean, impact, you can think of it in positive or negative terms. So why is this why is this valuable to look at the impact you're having on every life you touch? Oh, well, I mean, it's huge because no, no matter your goal, if your goal is to make a lot of money, then you focus on impact and you look at, fine, how can I use everything I've got to help people to get more as a result of contact with, you know, our company um, and you'll make your money. If your goal is to make a difference in people's lives then you've got to absolutely focus on impact and make sure that everything you're putting out there is changing lives before they ever give you a credit card. In today's social world, we can't sell anymore. Selling is obsolete. We now have to focus on what can we do to make our impact, in other words, to make a measurable difference in people's lives before they ever give us a credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is powerfully true. I think there's uh, been so much done in the sales world. Things have evolved to the point where people do not want to hear one more conventional sales pitch. Really? But wait, there's more, you know, that kind of thing. It's, right. it's, that's, that's done. Yeah. That's done. But, yeah. I mean, I was hired for sales training in the beginning or so. That's how it all began hmm. because people saw that I had made so much money in that first business so quickly that they brought me in. That's how I ended up in the fortune companies hmm. because the reputation was about making money. I didn't even talk about impact until the early nineties. Hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. Well, I, I mean, you've gone through, I mean, you've been in the research, research realm, you've been in a corporate realm. How have you, and after that first experience standing in front of the Senate hearing, how is your, have your values shifted over time and, and what are they now? Are they, are they informing your business or is that something that you don't give a lot of thought to since that first experience? Oh, I give a lot of thought to that every day. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Um, you know, I, I really believe that, that professional impact success um, comes because of our foundation of three ethical pillars. And those pillars have been with me um, gosh, uh, I'd have to say at least since the 80s. I don't know that I was aware of them before that, but it became very conscious for me, that whole thing with the 
Senate back um, in the 80s when the uh, I first started to see that people can be so focused on money that they lose track of the people they're serving. Um, so now, I mean, I define the pillars. I have three pillars. One is is fairness. If something isn't fair to one or more people involved, in other words, it's it's causing them hardship where it shouldn't, hmm. then we just don't do it. Hmm. Um, so every decision my business makes is based on is it fair to everyone involved in a, in a key decision or action? Um, and then the second is respect. We focus everything on helping our clients get what they want. It's not based on what we want. It's not based on imposing our opinions about what people should want. Um, it's just simply honestly informing people regarding whether we are able and willing to help them get what they want. If we if we can't get behind something they want, we just don't do it. Um, and then the third, of course, is impact, right? So our mission is to make a measurable difference in people's lives. And if we don't think we can do that, we don't do it. Well, and I, I think that's such a great summary of the things that are behind the work that you're doing now. I mean, it's my belief that values are really at the heart of what people do. We're, we're affected by them. We act on them, whether we're conscious of them or not. But once you become conscious, then you can really start to have greater impact because you're really aware of this is what I'm holding as important. And therefore you can make your decisions around that. So that, that is great to, to hear those three ethical pillars that you have. Thank is, you. Yeah. Is there a way that your your work, I mean, just to get into the the kind of background of your business and and the how things operate within your business a little further, how are has your use of your time and energy changed over that time because you you started off probably doing everything and now your your work has become more streamlined. Um, you would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I think I think difference makers share one thing in common, which is that we have a very strong belief that there are certain things that we can't delegate, hmm. um, and that's typically our creativity and 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 our personal touch that we bring. So that while I certainly have a team that um, has taught me that I can do more by writing checks than by doing everything myself. <laughs> um, the, at the end of the day, I wasn't always in a position to write checks. Sure. Right. So, so I think uh, the best use of my time and energy is always whatever will move the needle so we can help more people make a greater impact in the world. And so that usually is everything from writing, right? Cause I've done all the books um, to speaking, whether it's live events or paid speaking engagements or wonderful interviews like we're having now. Um, um, or of course, I have a group of people that I coach personally, and and then I still do the consulting and the organizations. And and I'm I'm involved very heavily in in our marketing because it's it is crucial to me that our marketing is going to make a measurable difference. So I write my own email newsletters. I, excuse me, I do all of our, our uh, major marketing efforts I'm involved in. It's, it's, it's just, if it's not going to make an impact, I just don't want it out there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, since you touched on marketing and, and we've you've touched on it a little bit previously too, is the nature of marketing has really shifted. It's gone from what people maybe perceive as putting on a face or a persona to this very strong focus on authenticity. And yes. I think that, you know, the, the very nature of marketing itself has really changed over time. And even that kind of hierarchical be part of my VIP group kind of approach to a more inclusive kind of thing. Those are just a couple of the major trends that I've seen over the years. Are there things that you've seen and that you've chosen to be part of really putting into action in your business that you think are particularly important about marketing a business with this idea of impact in mind? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think the first thing we have to do, at least from my bias on this, is have a lot of therapy. seriously we need to kind of get out of our own way and say all right I'm going to put myself out into the world and I'm going to be me and if I screw up I screw up and and I'll apologize you know I mean that has to come first um and uh, then from there it's about recognizing the commitment to make sure that everything we put out there will make some kind of difference um but I think more than anything what I've seen is about having real conversations with real people, hmm. even when it's one to many. So especially, quite frankly, when it's one to many. So so uh, on stage in books, uh, my number one goal is for people to say to me at some point, gosh, I felt like you were talking just to me, mm-hmm. even if I didn't know that person was in the audience. Right. Um, and that can only happen when we're thinking in a really intimate way when we're being really genuine and sharing vulnerable thoughts and 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 hopes and dreams and fears and mistakes and whatever we can put out there that people can relate to because at the end of the day they're falling um into a a a relationship of trust with us because they connect to what we've done wrong not necessarily to what we've done well Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so very true. I, uh, yeah, I mean, this whole, uh, I mean, what you describe is really the holy grail of marketing in the sense that if people say to you, I felt like you were speaking directly to me, that's ultimately the goal. You really want to connect with people where they are. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think about, um, impact in terms of, of the kind of, oversharing that sometimes goes on and and I say that sort of in in with quote marks because I you know I I question whether that's really the case but um there are some cases where you've got entrepreneurs who are are really sharing so many aspects of their ups and downs and that it, they kind of carry their audience along with them what are your thoughts about that I wish you could see the smile on my face right now. <laughs> um, so what do I think about that? I think it, uh, okay, I'm going to give you a straight business answer. Uh, <laughs> we can go personal also if you want, but the straight business answer is if that's the right message for your audience and that's what you honestly need to give them in order to make the impact that you intend to make, then I think it's fabulous. Mm. Um, if you're doing it because you need to be heard, then 
maybe that's not the best move for your business growth. So the question becomes, where where are the goals? What are you looking to do? Who's your audience? At the end of the day, um, it will help you connect, and then it will also destroy your brand and move people away. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes what happens in those scenarios is that the, the person really needs to work something through, and they're doing it in a very public way, which is not necessarily serving their folks particularly well. Which brings us back to the first pillar of growth, which is to get therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there you go. I wrote Shatter Your Speed Limits because of that. That was that was um, one of my first best selling books, because at the end of the day, not everybody can afford psychotherapy. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and that was one of my businesses, which was private practice psychotherapy. My husband is a triple board certified analyst um, who has developed these really short, fast ways of moving people through issues. And so now now that we're married, um, I use him with my clients. I mean, I, I, if I hit a client that is really getting in their own way and I can see it, I'm not going to do therapy with them. I just sick my husband on them, you know, and it's <laughs> awesome. It's great teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you're touching on this now that, uh, you know, taking care of yourself is super important. And in order to have impact, you really, do need to do that in an ongoing way. How do you take care of yourself and and keep your energy level up and having more impact on a consistent basis? Well, first of all, I'm an adrenaline junkie. (laughs) So, so when my adrenaline is up, when I'm, when I'm serving in some way, my adrenaline starts pumping and I have more energy than anybody. Um, And so uh, I confess I'm a true addict for that. Uh, But on a day to day basis, Uh, For me, it's about preserving enough time every day to make sure I get sleep, time with my husband, time to speak my thoughts aloud because I need to get them out. Otherwise, they're stuck in me and that doesn't feel good to me. Mm -hmm. I need time to create, right? I need time to be with people. I'm social, but I also need time alone. Um, So I know that as long as in a given week, as long as I get a certain percent of time in all of that, I'm good to go. Hmm. And you speak about that with such clarity. Is that something that's you, you've come to know over time? Um, more and more, yes. Because over time, like anyone, I started to notice that I didn't have as much energy as I used to have, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I used to pull these all nighters and I would sit down to write a new book and I would finish it in a weekend and just bah, 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 and I was good to go on Monday. And I started to notice that even though I was still doing that, I didn't quite feel as well as I used right, to. Right. Okay, Wendy, time to make sure you get enough sleep. Yeah, it was, it was, it was oh, okay. All right. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Wendy, you speak with such confidence and clarity that I, you know, I, I wonder if, uh, People sometimes, I think, see someone like you and and think, well, you know, what what problems could she have had? I mean, listen to this. She's been through this sequence of 10 businesses and they've done well and and, uh, now she's doing this amazing work in the world. What kind of... I mean, really, that that's a bit of a, a Pollyanna picture that we all have obstacles, we all have problems that come up. And I, I always think it's helpful to share what's something that you've worked through, if you're willing to talk a bit about that, as a way to just uh, give people some ideas about how they might deal with the situation they're having. 
absolutely. So <laughs> the only hard part is where do I pick? You know, <laughs> it, uh, it is not um, all roses by any means. Um, I mean, I've I've made mistakes that led to a bankruptcy in the beginning. Um, that I could that I can tell you quickly, but I, but I I think we should spend more time on the other one. So I'll tell you just really quickly. I made a mistake that I was making so much money when I in my second, third business, that what happened was I got focused on the money because it was just, oh my gosh, there was just so much of it. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. And oh my gosh, if I did this, how much more money would I make? And I lost my own focus. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I started making decisions based on how do I save money Mm -hmm. and decided not to hire an attorney when I should have hired an attorney. And I wrote my own contracts and ended up messing myself up royally Mm. to the point that I lost everything. Wow. Um, And so learned a hard lesson that way. But I think the the story that I tell that seems to be most helpful to my clients, so maybe this is really the one you want to hear, had to do with in the early 90s, I... I was running four businesses at once and I was running myself pretty ragged, um, but I was doing well. And all of a sudden, one day I got a call from my mom that she had been diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and wanted me to come home and help her through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm an only child and we were very, very close. So I went to take her to a doctor and what started out to be just one trip for a doctor visit turned into me closing all of my businesses. Wow. Moving back home, being with her, um, the cancer was so bad and so fast. And I spent 24-7 with her for a year. In some ways, it was the best year of my life. Um, but it was also the worst year of my life. And and when she died, it was horrible. I mean, horrible. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I was bereft because she was only 59. Wow. She... She had missed so much of, of what she could have done in the world. I was sad for her. I was, I was impossibly sad for me. Um, everybody was telling me, come on, Wendy, you have to get back out into the world. You have to get back on stages, blah, blah, blah. And all I could think was, you know, how could I get on stage and tell people they could be anything they wanted to be when I knew that wasn't true? You know, that there were things that get in the way of that, right. which I had never known. Um, until that moment. So it was a really hard climb back. It was the year that she was sick and then the year that it took me to kind of get myself to a place where I was ready to go out and devote myself to helping other people. Um, And it stayed with me all this time and, and drives me every single day because one thing she begged me to do before she died was to make sure that I not stop, that I that I continue on to live her impact as well as my own. And that Mm. gave me energy, but it was hard. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that very poignant story. I, uh, uh, I mean, the way that you went from having this huge business activity and, and then dropping everything to go be with her and then recovering from that, that's a, that's a lot to go through. It is. And I think so many of my clients are going through that now, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they're losing parents and having to give things up to take care of their parents on top of their kids on top, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's hard to know where do you divide family loyalty and business loyalty? It's a tough choice. Mm-hmm. And yet it's all about impact, isn't it? For me, it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Wendy, if, if you had one thing to share with people from your amazing experiences and, and all the, the work that you've done, what would you say to somebody who says, I, I want to have impact. I don't, I, I don't know how to do that. What, what's, what's one thing you, you would share with them as a way to really start to think in that direction? Um, well, first of all, what I learned on the day that my mom died, right, which is that life is simply too short. It's just far too short to settle for less than the impact that you were born to bring the world. Uh, So I think we have to wake up every single morning and look in the mirror and ask ourselves, are you making the impact you want to be making? If you're not, then get up and put up, pull up your big girl or big boy panties and, and do something effective. Get out there and make a difference in people's lives because otherwise we never know. Yeah, we never know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing your story and your experiences today. And I, I just, uh, I love that your definition of impact is so broad and encompasses so many ways that people can make a difference in the world. Uh, I so appreciate you taking the time to come and talk about that today. Thank you. I'm so glad we've connected. So glad we're doing this. And I'm, I'm really grateful for being able to serve you and your audience today. Well, thank you. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, oh, my goodness. I have all kinds of ways where they can get some free gifts and they can do this. Uh, probably the best thing to do is to go to professionalimpact.com. Uh, that's where you can access free training. Um, there's announcements about my live events. Um, if you would like to attend my live event, just reach out to me and I'll give you a gift coupon in honor of Ursula. We'll just let you come for free tuition. Just reach out, you know, whatever, whatever you need, but it's all right there. Great. Well, thank you for those gifts. I'm sure people will appreciate that. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world, Wendy. Thank you for all the work you're doing as well, my friend. Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.